grace be unto you and peace, peace from God our Father and from our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear fellow sowers in the fields of hearts and those who participate and celebrate the harvest of the gospel message. Usually it's a custom that when we begin a new year, we often make special plans to do something special in the new year. We call it making New Year's resolutions, don't we? Personally, some people might make plans and resolve that, that in this new year, I'm going to eat healthier and I'm going to get more exercise. Sometimes families make plans together. This is the year that finally we're all going to get together and we're going to go on that family vacation together. Many congregations use this time of the year to make plans too. Maybe putting together a budget, electing new officers to lead the congregation in the gospel work, and yes, adopting maybe ministry goals and plans in the new year. Well, today and in the next two Sundays, I mentioned that we as pastors are going to offer a three-part sermon series and Bible classes to encourage all of you as members of God's kingdom to make plans for the new year. And no, I'm not talking about eating healthier or planning some special vacation or family gathering. What we want to encourage you in is making plans to get involved and to recommit yourself to the work that Jesus explains in the parable of the sower and the seed. We want to encourage God's people in the plans that Jesus has for us when it comes to sowing, when it comes to choosing the seed, when it comes to the harvest. And so this morning we would like to begin by talking about the sower. Who's the sower in the parable? That's what we want to talk about. You know, whenever you study a parable of Jesus, there are certain things that you need to remember so that you, you really understand it by the Holy Spirit and then make proper applications. In other words, when you study a parable of Jesus, you first of all have to take a look at what was the setting? What prompted Jesus to tell that parable? And then you simply tell the story. And then, usually, unless Jesus explains it, you look for one major or, or most important application. You don't have to apply every detail. Because sometimes you miss the point. And so what's the point in the parable of the sower and the seed? Really, the overreaching point is simply this. That when you sow the seed of God's word it's going to be received differently by, by different people. And Jesus goes on to explain this parable. You see, the setting was this. He was, he was before a large crowd, and he began to explain to the people how things happen in the kingdom of God. Now, when we talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not a place. We're not talking about heaven. We're not talking about a building. The kingdom of God is an activity. And whenever in the gospel lessons we hear about the kingdom of God, we're talking about 
Jesus ruling in our hearts by faith through the power of his word. That's the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus says, when you sow the seed of God's word, it may land on a path that people have hardened by walking on it. And then the seed can't sink in, and so birds come along and and, and take it away. And he said, that's kind of what the devil does. And then he said, some of the seed will fall on rocky soil. The seed can go in the ground, but it can't go very deep. So that when the heat of torture or persecution or the cost of following Jesus gets too hot, that faith can wither and burn out. Then he talks about the seed of God's word falling on hearts that are soil with weeds. And then the weeds of worry and cares and pleasures of this life choke it out so that that faith can never really grow. And then he talks about the good soil. When the seed is planted, it can grow in good soil and produce a great harvest. (coughs) So who is the sower? Well, in one way, we could say Jesus is, although he doesn't identify himself as a sower in this parable like others. Nevertheless, Jesus did go around preaching God's word. God had promised his Old Testament people that after Moses, there was going to come a prophet greater than Moses and that God's people should listen to him. And as we heard in the Old Testament lesson, that was part of his work as the anointed one of Christ to go around preaching God's word. And so we can say that, yes, Jesus is the word who fulfilled the word and proclaimed the word. What does that mean? You know. Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the word incarnate. And then through the miracle of, of the virgin birth, he became the word with flesh. And God had promised that he would send a Savior who would bring blessings to all nations on the face of the earth. And that's what Jesus the Word did. It was God's plan that Jesus save us. And Jesus fulfilled that Word of God. Someone had to live a perfect life for us imperfect people. Someone had to die and offer up to God a sufficient payment for the debt of our sin, and that's what Jesus did. God promised he would do that. That was God's word. And then Jesus, the word, did that work, fulfilling the word, and then during his ministry, he went around proclaiming the word. So yes, during his ministry, Jesus was one of those sowers. But you know what? We too are sowers. Can you see yourself in this parable? In many ways, we're there. First of all, we see ourselves in the soil. Now, one of our sainted professors would often say when teaching us this parable is that we as conservative Lutherans like to sit back and say, we're the good soil because we believe and we produce fruit for Jesus. And and that is true. And we thank God for that. 
But he often said that don't skip over the other soil because from time to time, even though we are God's redeemed, we act like that too. Are there times in our lives when, when we harden our hearts to a teaching in God's word because we just, we just can't accept that? Well, then we're in danger of losing that. Are we like the rocky soil sometimes in life when we, we just won't let God's word take deep root in our hearts and so what happens when difficult days come, our, our faith begins to wilt? And are there times in our life when we let the weeds of worry and care and pleasures choke the word of God out of our life? I mean, by all, we're so busy. And I know it all anyways. And are there times when we are the soil that the word of God has worked up and has produced an abundant harvest? We're in that parable. We are soil. So now, let's, let's ask these questions. Do you believe that Jesus is the eternal Son of God who came to be your Savior and through faith in Him alone you know that you have eternal life? Do you want and desire in gratefulness to what Jesus did to live your life to honor and glorify His name? Do you hardly repent of the times when you acted more like the path and the rocky and the weedy soil. I, I believe that you do. And that's all evidence that the seed has worked in your heart and in your life. And we thank God for that. But now another question. Who sowed the seed into your heart? Yes, we know that the Holy Spirit is the one alone who creates faith. And we know that he has chosen to use the good news about Jesus as the powerful seed to create and sustain faith in hearts. We know that and we confess that. But we also know that the Holy Spirit has chosen to use the followers of Jesus to sow the seed of that word in the hearts of others. So who sowed the seed in your heart? For many of us, it might have been Christian parents who saw to it that we were baptized in the name of Christ and saw to it that we were brought up learning the truths of God's holy word. Maybe we think of, of a good friend or neighbor who, who led us to Christ. Or, or maybe we think about the pastor who confirmed us. Or, or maybe that Sunday school teacher or that Lutheran elementary school teacher who touched our hearts as they taught us God's holy word. In many ways, God uses all different kinds of Christians that sowed the seed in our hearts so that now we believe in Jesus, and we're thankful for that. But now, who, who's going to sow the seed today? Who are the farmers in God's kingdom work of sowing the seed? are sitting in front of me. You are those ones that Jesus has called to sow the seed. He told us that when he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching. We are the ones who are supposed to sow the seed 
wherever we are in life, where we work and where we live, and whatever station or place into which God has placed us in life, we are to look for opportunities to sow the seed of God's Word. Maybe, maybe we do that, we did that when we saw to it that our children were baptized and brought up in the saving truths of God's Word. Maybe we sow the seed when we give personal testimony about our faith in Jesus with our neighbor over the backyard fence or, or with a relative who, who is distant from the Lord or maybe a co-worker or maybe someone close in our family. God wants to use us to sow the seed. And think of how we do that here in, in this congregation. We work together to sow the seed, to pass that, that, that seed of God's word unto next generations. And then we, we pray, and then we work together, and, and then we bring our offerings so that we can call pastors and teachers and send missionaries to sow the seed where we can't sow the seed. We're all part of this work in the kingdom of God, the sowing of the seed in the hearts of people. So, let me kind of draw this to a close with, with a personal story. I shared some of this with you in other settings and other sermons. I'm going to go back to my dad's funeral over a year ago. You know that I've said that my, my father was not brought up in a Christian home. He was not baptized and he was not confirmed in the Lutheran faith until after he married my mom. And during the funeral service, the pastor mentioned that in the sermon. And my oldest grandson, who was nine years old at the time, was sitting next to me, and I didn't, I didn't notice it, but he caught that. And then after the service, when we had placed my dad's casket in the hearse and we were milling around on the sidewalk outside the church, starting to climb into cars to go to the cemetery, my grandson ran to my mom and grabbed her by the arms and he said to her, Grandma, great-grandma, you should be proud of yourself. God used you to bring great-grandpa to faith so that he could go to heaven when he died. Out of the mouth of babes. And what he was basically saying is, Grandma, God used you to sow the seed into great-grandpa's heart. And at that moment, he was sowing the seed too. And you know what? God wants you to sow the seed too. So it is our hope and prayer that as we go on this three-week journey together, that we remember that Jesus wants us to be sowers of the seed and that we recommit ourselves to that work together and we make plans and we will provide some tools to help you to make plans how we can be a part of that work and how we can support that work. So dear fellow farmers, let's get at it again in this new year. Let's make plans to sow the seed. Amen. Please stand.
And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's now join together in the